going to be getting checks in the mail that are consequential. I wrote the bill on the environment. Pay them more. This is an employee's, employee's bargaining chip now. What's happening? Look, the worlds are made of light and darkness, Jack. Can't have one without the other. Because darkness is half of everything. The closer you get to the light, the greater your shadow becomes, okay, sport? You know, that's not true. The heart may be weak, and sometimes it may even give in. But I've learned that deep down, there's a light that never goes out, okay? Back when we were doing it in Wilmington, D.E., we said the world is just too small. You're wrong. I know without a doubt, Jack, that Kingdom Hearts is light. Okay? <laughs> Kingdom Hearts is light. It's Kingdom Hearts is light. Gotta play Kingdom Hearts, Jack. Come on, man. 1.9. Let's cut to the chase. Here's the deal I'm gonna offer you. I'll get out of the slammer. No strings. You'll be free as a bird. And all for one little job. You gotta fight Hercules in the Coliseum, Jack. To the... <laughs> one, 1.9 trillion dicks in my mouth. What? 1.9 trillion hearts to Kingdom Hearts, Jack. <laughs> What a weird thing to whisper about, huh? Um, what was he going off there? What was old Uncle Joe going off there? Uh, about? bipartisanship was... is hard and in my mouth, is what is that says. It's it's hard. It's a hard bipartisanship up my butt. <laughs> Welcome to House of Decline. That was a that was a clip of Joe Biden, uh, followed by my creation, Kingdom Hearts, Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. I was just reading Kingdom Hearts quotes. Wow. Uh, with Joe Biden cadence. So I'm inventive. People that are better. So that. inventive. Wow. You, sh you, you go far in life with those skills. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, yeah, he was whispering the context of him whispering about the 1.9 trillion. What, what was that number touted as? What, um, what is it? What is it even supposed to be? Uh, it's, it's like, it's not really that much. That's just like the sticker price, but it's not really going to be that much. They're going to mm. do some infrastructure, but without any climate change or icky stuff like, you know, um, uh, mm -hmm. helping out like the healthcare stuff. No icky, icky healthcare or icky climate change stuff. Mm -hmm. Just like that's probably going to be some money to like kind of rebuild some bridges and shit because. Mm -hmm. The infrastructure is crumbling all around us. Uh, this week mm -hmm. in Ann Arbor, the uh, water main exploded. So mm -hmm. there's a big road closure that's going to last for probably six months because on one of the streets um, very close to me, the water main exploded and it like tore up the whole road somehow. I don't, it, it's crazy. It looks, it looks, I mean, I, my theory is that some, it kind of looks like if Superman had to land on the mm. road and he like you know like ripped up the road and he was as he was coming to a stop it's like a long yeah. streak of ripped up road so my theory is that it was some marvel superhero like superman from the marvel universe you know that is what we've been trained to believe as a culture <laughs> yeah. that uh the source of everything are just super powerful uh entities um, not unlike joe biden whispering to you you gotta well, get serious jack it's just a serious time. 
that's gonna serious bipartisanship. That's got to trigger all of the unfortunate young women who have been in his presence, who are just immediately getting a, a flashback of Joe Biden whispering in her ear. One point nine trillion sperms in your hair. <laughs> what I'm sniffing all the sperms I left in your hair, Jack? He's such a good president, you know. <laughs> he's he's such a good. Uh, he has the he has the pomp of uh, of Trump and the the know-how of Obama and the vision of Reagan in the later years. Uh, yeah. He's he's a perfect uh golem. Well, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, you know. I, that's that's always what I say, we'll see what happens. Um I think yeah. everyone says that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, because you don't know anyone that can pretends they can predict the future. Any like uh, I don't know who is the black swan guy or who is like one of the. There's always these guys that came out. I was the one that predicted the 2008 financial crash. Mm -hmm. Was it Nouriel Rubini? Was it sure. Rubini? Sure, that sure, sounds right. Was uh, there was Rubini. a couple of guys. There's always a new guy who are the. They're like he predicted mm -hmm. the finance after 16 incorrect predictions in a row. He predicted the financial crash. Yeah. But predicting general crashes is like not, it's not a skillful trait. You can just, uh, I guess these, these guys predicted it would come from the housing market specifically. So there, mm. there's some relevance. I don't know who these guys are. Well, there's uh, a bunch yeah. of them, actually. I have to make sure I don't follow them on Twitter because it's bad for my mental health. But mm. there is a whole bunch of people whose whole job is to be like, look at this one financial thing. This is pretty bad. I think it means there's going to be a crash like right around the corner. And whenever that crash doesn't come, it doesn't really matter for them. They just continue predicting the, the worst possible outcome. And you can basically ignore them. I mm -hmm. guess Diego is uh, predicting something. Diego is predicting he's about to take a shit. <laughs> he he's going crazy because dogs are barking across the street and he has no discipline because I'm terrible at uh raising my animal. Oh wow, that's a shame. Shame on you. I I should be shamed. Yeah. Uh, Please he's email tear House the face off a baby one day. Yeah. Email house of decline at gmail.com to shame Alex. <laughs> I'll forward them. He doesn't he's... check the email. He got locked out of the email, but I'll forward them. He's going to be put down like Major Biden. Yeah. I don't think Major Biden was put down. No, he died. Well, maybe. Or he was yeah. assassinated because he knew the truth. <laughs> he was, yeah. He, he was like, he was tapping out the secret codes to Russian agents. Well, that was We're funny. back to Cold War again. I really like the baseball crank guy's uh, tweet that got all the blue checks oh, mad. <laughs> that was good. He said yeah, that uh, major the good the good dog dying is the Biden family tragedy in miniature, right? Which yeah. is uh, very funny. But everyone got mad. Like, how dare you make fun of the president's dead dog yeah. and dead son the at the same time? The pod save guys got mad. Yeah, very funny. How dare you, sir? I wonder, like, if the pod save guys behind closed doors, like, do they say any any terrible things? Of course. Do you think like Tommy Vitor is saying? about you know 
a Bernie Sanders, that old fucking Jaime. <laughs> yep. You know, that oh, old. Oh, yeah. He goes, that, uh, you think they're doing regular anti-Semitism behind closed doors to Bernie Sanders. I think probably more just like sort of disgusting elitism and classism about poor yeah. people, I would imagine. They're probably... Yeah, they're going, uh-huh, look at the unwashed masses. Yeah. They don't have any towels. Yeah. They don't have any soaps. They don't have any fancy soaps. We the pod, we're pod soap America now, and we're cleaning ourselves with very fancy soaps. Is that mm. what they do? We're in a bathtub. Yeah, they're all, they're all they're just four guys in a bathtub. It's Tommy and the Johns and, you know, the, the numbers guy. And they, they, they all are just scrubbing each other's backs in a bathtub while going, mm, yes, so ho. Mm. Yeah, well, yes, you know, you can't. Correct. You can't. Guys can't do that. Guys can't do that anymore. Have you noticed this? No. Have you noticed how guys can't take baths and soap each other's backs anymore without being called? Yeah, gay? yeah, yeah. You always see it in like the Japanese shows where they're like <laughs> taking baths with each other and they're having like pithy conversations <laughs> while they're bathing together, and it's just dudes rubbing each other's back. You know, it's like you know, how else are you gonna? Got to dump the got to dump the bucket of water on the guy and you know rub his back and then have a conversation about you know uh, life and where you're going at, uh, if you're going move into a different prefecture or something like that so yeah, I, love I think Japan. that's what we should normalize male bath relationships to be in the west um i'm fine with uh, the no friendship thing you know mm -hmm. just you can't have i think it, being friends is gay as we know now and yeah, so friendship is gay now we've stopped do, men have have had to stop doing it yeah mm-hmm well, that's the that is I, I think there is a thread to that where friendship is gay because friendship means being like emotionally, emotionally uh, vulnerable in front of another person. And usually in the classic uh, orthodoxy of hetero guy, the only person you're really allowed to be emotionally vulnerable to is your significant other or wife, which is why so many people have fucked up relationships uh, because they invest all of their the one time they're allowed to be free in front of another person and some people they they don't even allow themselves to be free in front of their significant other or just you know i, I don't know yeah you gotta but, the uh, way the outlet for emotion is to go online anonymously and say horrible things about people that's how you mm -hmm. deal with emotions right yeah. yeah if you're feeling angry just make an alt account with misato from Evangelion as your Avi, mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, go up to a, a random person and say, nice hole. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> or, nice alter, hole, or if you bitch. want, bad, bad hole, you know? Yeah, bad, bad <laughs> hole. Bad hole you got there. Yeah. Not liking your hole. Two thumbs down on the hole. Uh-huh. That's, that's a pun. You meant it to be. Is it a pun? Yeah, because on the whole, oh, holistically, okay. holistically, holistically, they're bad. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, so a, one particular thing that I was noticing that kind of evaded the um, uh, being friends is gay is like gangster rap culture. Where, how, how, so, like, where they're all well, they're, they're all in a crew constantly. Yeah, gangster rap is all about like G's up, hose down. And how, like, if you listen to Doggy Style by Snoop Dogg, that album is, is mostly about, like, how your friendships with your homies are more important than any relationship. 
But that's also what sort of red pilling is about as well. It's sort of a rejection of women as being able to sustain you emotionally as well and valuing. I guess red pilling is not about male friendship at all. Well, red pilling is connected to the to the men's rights activism stuff. Yeah. Um, like I think the MRA people started t using red pill as a meme sort of first. Um, but it's interesting to me that uh, the what was uh, the the boogie uh, culture boogeyman culture of yesteryear for conservatives gangster rap actually contains some values that that they find uh, valuable, um, mm -hmm. which we don't have. <laughs> As we, in G's uh, up, goes down. Right, exactly. I mean, which is basically <laughs> that's what conservatives are all about. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Well, maybe. Yeah, they're fundamentally like they're fundamentally sexist. Um, they believe in that. Well, hierarchy. I don't think gangster rap is fundamentally sexist. Not on the same level well, as conservatives, because you know they're not legislating oh, yeah, sexism. They're just being casually okay. sexist. You know. Well, I think it's. I don't think it's disputable that rap has some very sexist. Um, there are some rap very is sexist not rap sexist. stuff. It is respectful to women. No, <laughs> very it's not respectful to women. <laughs> You don't okay, why don't I go? That, that's a, why like don't a I go classic. read I was some humming like bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks just to myself, just happily. It's like you know what this uh -huh. song is a little, it's a little, it's a little misogynist, but that's okay. We like the music anyway. We like it anyway. Well, it's just very funny because that's all about. The, I mean, that's that's the hidden part of this conservative. Like they're bemoaning how we don't have intimate male friendships. Like the hidden mm -hmm. part of that. The subtext is is that it's because of like they say it's because of gay people but i think really it's it's they want to blame uh, the feminist movement mm -hmm. um, they they blame the feminist movement for the birth rate going down that's what the conservatives think is making the birth rate going down it's feminism hmm i okay so i was also having this conversation do you, uh, so do you think the pandemic made the birth rate go up no I don't. Okay. I, we're gonna have a little baby boom, like a mini one, but not a not one that's gonna impact the general trend. Um, mm -hmm. Just because people were people who were going to have babies sort of waited until they decided they could handle the pandemic, and so th this yeah. summer, like this July, there's gonna be a mi uh, a mi uh, minor baby boom, but so, on the whole, well, the trends are down. Well, uh, feminism is what's to blame, as opposed to uh, the fact that people literally don't have the financial ability to have a baby, which I feel influences people's decision making more, more so than uh, uh, any sort of nebulous. It came from academia and it's spreading mm. like a virus throughout the. <laughs> oh no! What... It's the academics. Yeah, I actually don't know what the cause is because it's happening in like many countries. I don't think every country has had the same feminist movement. So I don't, I don't, I sort of don't think it's feminism. I don't no, know. It's, and it's, it's happened in countries that are relatively like the standard of living is relatively high. Um, yeah. I mean, Japan is the Ur example. The yeah, it's like, it's not like super. I don't know. It's hard to know how bad things are, but I don't think it's like it's not horribly bad everywhere for everyone enough to make the birth rates go down. I don't think. 
That's what you want my diagnosis. Mm-hmm. You want my you want my thesis. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's what this fucking podcast is all about. It's about the no future sense. It's it's people inherently don't feel like they can amount to anything or they don't feel like that the traditional trappings of, you know, procreation are going to lead them to some sort of uh, psychological benediction. So uh, they figure, you know, just just go with your your creature comforts, just go with the things that make you immediately happy, turn in a way to oblique hedonism. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, you know, accepting responsibility as the thing that will ultimately fulfill you. Which, you know, that's previous... I feel that's like general knowledge is that part of being an adult is that while responsibility is difficult, it is ultimately something that you have to do. You, you, it's it's in within your, not necessarily programming, but it is the thing that will give you more lasting pleasure than sort of pursuing eternal hedonism or at least a vision of hedonism that is simply just pleasure as opposed to you know uh, a vision of hedonism which might be planting doing work so you can plant the seeds for others to have pleasure if you were to maximize if you were serious about maximizing the pleasure of society so i and because i i think people don't see a direct line between accepting responsibility uh and uh the fruition of of greater values or, or like the idea that even having children is detrimental to the world at large because of the common refrain that, you know, Oh, you know how much a child adds to the carbon footprint, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, or the idea that we are living in a doomed universe, you know, uh, you know, that thing in, uh, it's the thing in Skyrim, right? Where, or, or in, in, uh, I don't know which game it is, but it says, if you fuck something up, you persist in the doomed universe that you have created. And I feel like a lot of people feel like they're persisting in the doomed universe that they have created or that they have a share in responsibility in creating. So they just opt out instead. And, you know, Lord knows I'm doing that. You know, I'm not rushing to have a kid anytime soon. But uh, in general, I think having kids is good. You know, it's like even if not procreating, you know, uh, just taking care of something, you know, being responsible for something and having an investment in watching something uh, grow and change and, you know, putting your love into it and seeing reflected it back into you, uh, people instead are opting for that isolation. And with that isolation, they become easier to control mm. per all the Marxists out there. Well, it's so, important, you know, it's important for us to have witnesses to the apocalypse. So that's the really yeah. the only, uh, motivating factor for me is <laughs> there must be a yeah, witness. We're certainly creating, we're creating a gawkers. We're creating lots of gawkers. <laughs> Yes. I like the idea of everyone just putting on their 3D red-blue glasses as they, they witness the nukes go off. Right. Well, the entire world's going to split in half. That's what uh, people don't know. It's that that's the whole the globe is actually going to become split. And people will fall mm. down and through the center engine and then like go into orbit on a half globe. It's going to be a really cool apocalypse. I actually had that idea um, for like a screenplay where it's it's a it's, uh, hundred years in the future and the equator has become this impassable ring of radiation. And so uh, the only way to get through it is through tunnels. <laughs> Elon Musk, damn oh, wait, you. So this, wait, you say screenplay or like a play for the theater? No, no, like a screenplay, oh, like okay. for, a movie, for a movie, for like a, a stupid movie. No, idea. no, make, so, it a, um, make it a play for the stage. 
You're right. I'll make I'll make an elaborate sci-fi play. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Theta's Theta's coming back, baby. Live Theta's coming back, baby. Yeah. Uh, it is it? I don't think so. Look, it's me. It's your captain, Jimmy Horowitz. We're ge- we're getting live Theta back. We're gonna get people with the gobos and the scrims, and uh, you know, we'll sell an opening night. You got the will call line. You got everything. Oh, the trappings of the Theta. Oh, it's Jimmy Horowitz, Theta manager. And I'm here to tell you that we got uh, people just as good as First Lady of the Stage, Helen Reddy. First Lady of the Stage, uh, you know, Victor Garber. We got Victor Garber up here in Toronto. It's me, Jimmy Horowitz. We got classic character actor Victor Garber, First Lady of the Stage, Victor Garber. And live theater's coming back, baby. You know, it, it never left. It never left, really. It's just, it's just been sleeping under a rock. It's not just for gays anymore, theater. That's that's our tagline. It's Jimmy Horowitz, live theater. It's not just for gays anymore. Well, you know, men can't... You like Hamilton? Hamilton's for straight. Men can't be in theater anymore because, as you know, it's uh, adjacent to gay culture. So men can't do theater yes. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Anything uh, men dances right out. Yes. <laughs> no more dancing for men. Men it's can only... Be the footloose preacher was right on. If everything must be heterosexual for a man to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, their uh, boats are very heterosexual, except for the Navy. No, uh, yeah. So you can only be alone on a boat. Yep. Being alone on a boat is heterosexual. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, any activity that you do by yourself is okay. Yeah. Except uh, maybe solitary, not, being maybe incredibly solitary. Little... So I think we can say that Ted Kaczynski what if, what, is the wait. most heterosexual man of all time. What happened? What mm. if? What if we uh, said that being alone was gay? See, yeah. see, that's why being alone is gay because you always have a penis in front of you and you're always motivated to touch a penis if you're a man. So, and that's gay. Mm-hmm. Masturbation is gay. Um, the only way to be heterosexual, uh, being, and that's why being alone is gay, because you're always tempted by a penis. Exactly. Like, even if you're Volcel, you know, it's a struggle, because you're always tempted by, oh, there's a penis in front of me that I know will give me pleasure. Penis. is why that's gay. Yeah. Big, big so penis. The, everything <laughs> is home. The, okay, so here's also my general theory. Um, I think that guy may be a secretly right. Plato was wrong, <laughs> is what I'm saying, is there is no differentiation between romantic and platonic love. Love is a nebulous emotion that can be ascribed to any number one of pleasure factors, and it does not come from... There's no uh, easy differentiation between how you feel somebody about somebody in a non-physical sense versus how you feel about them in like a totally reasonable sense. They're always at play. There's always some element of the romantic, which I think we would understand as like a physical or instinctual attraction to a person. Uh, versus the Platonic, which we would understand is more of a like an intellectual or uh, sense of belonging or camaraderie attraction to a person. But I don't think those two are separate. That's what I'm saying. I'm collapsing love. Love is all. Love is all the same, baby, and we don't want to deal with how weird that is. So we just say, uh, you know, shit is gay. You know, <laughs> that's gay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I would say, no, like, even thinking about stuff is gay. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's really, we're really being pigeonholed by uh, the gay the gay identity movement. And um, soon yeah. men, the only acceptable activity for men will be, like, um, not thinking, not being alone. Uh, what is this? What is this pushing us towards? We can't uh. be friends <laughs> with dudes, but we can't be alone and we can't do any thinking. 
I think it's it's like uh, basically pushing us towards just being a mindless factory drone, like an ant. <clears throat> that's that. It's the only way to be heterosexual. That's how we gotta. Right. That's how we're gonna get the masculinity back. Well, the Chapo people were saying that this, you know, is misplaced, um, sort of because it's really capitalism that's causing men to not be able to be friends with other men. Somehow, mm -hmm. somehow it's capitalism. I don't know. The Chapo people are always a little bit high. You know what well, I mean? I, a little bit I, think, I think there's a reason. <laughs> I mean, we just discussed it because uh, uh, so working, especially today, is very atomizing. You're too exhausted to do social activities after a day of submitting yourself to labor. Uh, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not fully into that, but that's because my my job I don't think is as exhausting as other people's jobs. So I I don't necessarily think I can apply my experience to to that. But I I do think there's an element. There's some element of just in general, um, friendship requires effort, and um, not not just as a result of capitalism, but in sort of this. Uh, a, a more sort of oppressive and I, I think technology you could attribute just as much uh, to where you get like a but that is you could equate that back to capitalism the desire no to... I think that's the thing is that we've had capitalism for a lot longer than we've had the internet and it's only after we got the internet that we started having all these social problems of people being atomized I don't yeah I don't think we had at we from 1900 to 19. You know, nine ninety-five. We for like yeah. ninety-five years, we had unfettered capitalism, and people people weren't getting so atomized. I mean, arguably, you could say that um, in the capitalism, at least early industrial capitalism, was responsible for huge waves of social uh, interaction and produced the American communist movement because company towns became a thing. And because everyone was living next to each other, they were like, hey, did you know about we're getting screwed? Yeah. Nah. <laughs> and that's that. But that's literally like proximity created the American con proximity of beleaguered workers created an American communist movement in. in uh, yeah. And that was as a result of industrial capitalism. It's so I, I think it's maybe this new the, the new techno fascist capitalism that. Might be to blame. Well, they're not the really fascists. That's the you don't, don't you know don't confuse it by calling them techno fascists. I don't think they want mm -hmm. to. I don't know. There's some techno fascists, and those are the people who want to have your computer be just an internet browser, and and you have no other programs except for the internet browser, and everything is within the internet browser. But that's a topic for a different podcast uh i call peter thiel and palmer lucky those guys seem like techno fashion yeah but those aren't the guys who are like pushing the necessarily it's all of silicon valley like zuckerberg and stuff they're not really fascists but zuckerberg's no. way more to blame for this atomization than peter thiel yeah that is true uh, yeah, I, I think anyone who doubts that there is a direct line between the prevalence of social media and this general feeling of atomization. And that, you know, I, I think that's undeniable. You can't you can't say that, oh, everyone is getting a mediated experience that simulates the real thing, but it's not as good like a junk food version of friendship. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why everyone feels shitty and pumped out all the time. I think this is pretty it's a pretty 
reasonable explanation to me. Yeah, and it's not, I don't think it, I think it would have happened if we were quote-unquote living under communism. Um, mm-hmm. I would be interested to see if the, the few communist countries that remain, if they are experiencing the sense of uh, social atomization. Like, I wonder if China is having that. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, Twitter is also, it's very useful to the, I mean, it's wrapped up in, in, in the government as well, because stuff like Twitter and Facebook and social media is very useful to the idea that America performs free speech, which is why you have all these arguments about free speech on Twitter, which is why, you know, about these stupid social media websites, everyone gets up in a tizzy about, you know, what is allowed. One, because they're, you know, they're huge institutions, but two, also because America has a vested interest in saying, no, we believe in dissent. We believe that everybody should have a platform uh, in which to speak. And even though Twitter and Facebook are private institutions, they become weirdly adjacent to the American project of free speech in a way that is uh, spiritually wrapped up in governance, if not uh, legally or materially wrapped up in governance. Which is why you have these constant overtures of the government eventually, you know, overtaking Facebook or having a backdoor to Facebook or having more influence in what uh, Facebook or Twitter publishes. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's the utility, even though, like, as we know, that Twitter and Facebook are not havens of free speech. You know, everyone gets banned for anything, you know. Uh, but it's it, it is useful to the American theater of democracy, which is also sort of maybe why these social media sites make make us feel shitty, because not only do they give us a mediated junk food version of friendship, they give us a mediated junk food version of activism as well. And I mean, news. that's not a new observation. And that's, like that's the, like, like in all information is junk foodified and there's so much just wrong stuff on twitter like i'm always seeing these people like like entire movements of you know not huge but like you know movements of people to go yell at someone based off of like a a photoshopped piece of um like a photoshopped quote like people get, get furious at other people based on seeing an image that is just obviously a doctored image or you know and there's so much just misinformation constantly um and, you know, and it's not coming from the Russians. It's coming from inside the house. Yeah, it's we generate our own. We make our own gravy. Yeah, it's that uh, <laughs> it's that old Al- it's that old onion headline where it says Al Qaeda operative just going to sit back and watch America destroy itself. Yeah, that's why we need to, like, have an outside enemy that we are mobilizing against. <laughs> right. Yeah. Carl Schmidt friend enemy distinction. Um, Ozymandias, gotta get the squid alien, gotta make the squid alien, get rid of New York. Uh, I I don't, I, we're, we're trying, we're trying to make an enemy, it's Cold War, it's Cold War again, it's Russia and China again. You thought, you thought the end of history was done? No, we're back, baby, we're back to the 80s. It's it's China and Russia again, the Red Menace. Yeah. I I hope that doesn't take off. I I mean, part of it is like um, companies like the New York Times having switched to a subscriber model. Now they have to like please their subscribers. And so they have to Mm -hmm. write, you know, to keep subscribers coming in, they have to write stories that would make people want to subscribe. And if there's there's an ongoing um, 
cyber conflict with China or Russia, then you have to subscribe to the Times to find out and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, so. I think the the whole like sinophobic bent of uh, reporting on China. It, I'm not saying that you know China doesn't do shitty stuff. You know, I'm not like a a Uyghur genocide denier or anything like that. Uh, but uh, like uh, in in general, there. I I mean, we can't comment because we we assist in genocides as well. You know, it's funny that Israel was condemning China. Israel condemned China for the killing of the Uyghurs. And, of course, China can post a big no you, a, a big Spider-Man meme at them. Spider-Man's pointing at each other meme. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, everyone's everyone's doing genocides. No one's hands are clean here. In fact, they're doing the same type of genocide where they're just getting rid of a, a, an indigenous Muslim group in the area. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well that's, in, in that's a, if you want to... If you wanna, you know, really control your border in your nation state and control all the groups and not allow any autonomous separatist groups. I mean, mm -hmm. France passed like an Islamic separatism law where you're if you're not allowed to be an Islamic separatist, which is str oh no weird. <laughs> Are there any like French hoteps? Are there? <laughs> oh, I mean, probably. There's all sorts of crazy people over there. Oh, France is beautiful. It's uh, the, 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 they're, they're going to have a presidential election in 2022 in France. And right now, the, the big baddie, Marine Le Pen, is the leader in the, of the pack. So Yes. That would be bad. Beautiful, like Coco Chanel. And also a Nazi, like Coco Chanel. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if Coco Chanel was a Nazi. Oh yeah, Coco Chanel was a straight up fucking Nazi. Look wow. it up. It's I'm a looking, very funny I'm thing. I'm looking it up right now. Let's see. I might have that wrong. We should double check that. I don't want to accuse. I don't want to accuse Coco uh, Chanel. But she, yeah, she absolutely collaborated with the Nazis. According to biography.com, she was a Nazi agent. Yep. But there that's you go. Yep, okay. But hold on. That's that's biography.com. It's a little sus. And what the fuck sus. is that website? Let's go. Yeah, let's go to Snopes. Find it on Wiki. Go to let's Snopes. Go Snopes. Do Snopes have Coco Chanel as a Nazi agent? Oh come on! Where's the TLDR? It says um, the evidence appears to skew strongly in favor of Chanel doing information gathering for the Nazis. There you go. She, she was definitely helping the Nazis. Not definitely, but Snopes says strongly in favor of help. More likely than not, she was a Nazi. <laughs> so anytime you put on your Chanel number no. five and yeah. your beautiful Hugo Boss pants and go out in your Volkswagen bug. Yeah, you ever notice how Nazis. you ever notice how dudes can't put on Coco Chanel perfume anymore without being <laughs> <laughs> You ever notice how dudes can't just suck another dude's dick without being called gay anymore? It's crazy. <laughs> the culture's gone crazy. Dudes can't have intimate friendships with perfume and dick sucking anymore. You never notice how you can't just do a slurp ramp anymore without being called gay? Slurp ramp. <laughs> Throwback to episode, I uh, can't remember, called slurp ramp. <laughs> I learned what you, ever, you ever notice you can't do a slip and slide of cum without being called gay? <laughs> Yeah, you oh can't suck and fuck your homies anymore without being called gay. <laughs> you can't do bro jobs anymore. Like everyone does. It's every you can't just like 
uh, you know, the Beatles, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, they jerked off together. Was You're that- right. That story <laughs> circulated again. <laughs> and that's an old story, too. That's like from 2018. But people rediscovered it. And we're like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. 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 Back before the Internet atomized us all. And now we can't be friends with each other. We can't <laughs> jerk each other off and stuff and make and make cool songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, nothing's wrong. We were just jacking off in front of each other. We, you know, it's no big deal. It's something we did. We were in our rooms back in Hamburg, you know, doing the twiddly d, and we, you know, John said, "Hey Paul, can I start jacking off in front of you?" And I was like, "Okay, John, start start masturbating, and I'll watch." And I, and I got my eye in real good, and I was thinking, "Oh, you know, oh, all the lonely people, you know, that don't have someone to to look at." <laughs> To, to, whose penis they can't look at you. And that's how Eleanor Rigby came along. It was it was originally Eleanor Jack. Eleanor Tugby. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor Tugby, Jack and a dick in the church where a wedding. <laughs> yes. Maybe to solve the... That's the name of the episode is Eleanor Tugby. Eleanor Tugby. Well, I was saying, I was thinking maybe we can solve the child, uh, the no children crisis because everyone has no future. Is if we just like start enumerating the years in reverse order again, like in the BC mm-hmm. times, maybe people, You're right? Will, maybe people will be more future for thinking, you know, start counting down. <laughs> Countdown. Yeah. 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 What happens when we reach zero? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Go not go back the other way. You could do that as that would actually not be a bad environment movement. Say like we're starting at year twenty five. We are at year twenty five right now. Next year is year twenty four. You know, and that's the movement is the year twenty five movement. You know, yeah. What happens when we get to zero? Well, that's, it's that's death. Trent. Then like Trent, Trent Reznor would love that because oh, I have an album called Year Zero. Yeah, <laughs> ninety years old. Cha-ching. I wonder if uh, Nine Inch Nails is going on tour in twenty twenty one. I think they are. I saw them at a festival billing with a lot. I saw a very good festival lineup for for spooky music lovers. It was like Nine Inch Nails and Skinny Puppy. Really? Like a, uh, That's funny. Yeah, a lot of other goth bands, gothy nineties bands. Wow, Nine Inch Nails. Uh, Nine Inch Nails is playing a show with Pixies. On September twenty-third. Oh, wow. They're playing the two shows. Suck now. Wow. That, they might do new material. Uh, the Pixies actually don't suck. I, I was I'm pissed because they don't have Kim in, but um friend of the show Quinn saw the Pixies maybe a, a maybe in the year before COVID and he sent me a, a video of the performance and it looked sick. It looked really oh, cool. cool. Uh, Who did they get to replace Kim? Like a Kim clone. I don't know. Kim Clown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Kim Greel. <laughs> uh, but they were la- like, it was loud and he was screaming. Mm-hmm. And so if Frank, okay. if they're playing loud and Frank Black is able to scream still, I am, um, I would, I would want to see it. I would also want to see the uh, Nine Inch Nails and it's in Cleveland. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll mm-hmm. take a little road trip this September with my baby to Cleve. Yeah, take my baby. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> put, put maybe those, we'll meet up in Cleveland to see Nin. Put the put big headphones on the baby. Take her to her first <laughs> concert. You know, ear protection, of course. Yeah. I wanna love you like an animal. Uh, no, he probably won't play that song. He plays his new stuff. 
Oh, boo. Ah, the new stuff is pretty good, actually. It's okay. It's not great. It's okay. He does something. He, likes, do... he loves his wife. Have you seen my wife? <laughs> I put her in every song. <laughs> well, he's got a great drummer now, and so they do do some some stuff from Downward Spiral because, like, the drumming is hard on Downward Spiral. It's a lot, like, weird time signatures, but he's got a great drummer, so they do some of the mm-hmm. Downward Spiral stuff. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, memes about Tool, like a lot of like staff memes about Tool, like sucking a little dick, yeah. sucking a little ass yes. dick, sucking schism, a little the schism dick. voice. I think that yeah. they could uh, credit to Twitter user Lowen Option, who I think is associated with uh, the Chapos for doing that. That's that, that as I, I've been humming that every time I have a stray thought. I'm thinking sucking a little dick, sucking a little ass and dick, sucking a little dick. That's a that's a that's one of the actually harder tool songs to count because it's like in a half. It's like in a. Isn't it? A, it's just in seven, isn't it? No, one, it's in like three, thirteen. Four, five, six, one, so two, three, it's three, four, five. It's like six seven, and one, then two. seven. You're right. It's in thirteen. One, two, yeah. three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One. Two, yeah. three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four. Yeah, it's a tool. Tool. They're complicated sound signatures. Yeah. Once again, I bring them up. They're pretty cool for when you want to only listen to tool, but they suck you in, and then that's all you're listening to. So mm. it's like. A... Uh, you ever listen to Maynard's Rogan interview? No, I can't stand Maynard. <laughs> yeah, he is a he is a rat fuck. Yeah, no, I don't I don't care for him. Uh, I, his singing is okay, but he doesn't scream anymore, I, and that's my whole thing. Like Frank Black still screaming. Trent Reznor yeah. doesn't do the screams. Mm. Yeah, if that yeah, if you can't do this, on his throat. Yeah, well then just retire. You know. Yeah, just make wine. Yeah. And groom people. Wait, <laughs> I'm making that up. He didn't groom anyone. Oh, he, who, who knows? You probably did. He's, oh, yeah, probably. He's going on Rogan. <laughs> Rogan never groomed you don't see, anybody. You don't see Trent Reznor going on Rogan. Trent Reznor always had adult girlfriends and was always very sad when they broke up with him. <laughs> <laughs> Grooming, not part of the Nine Inch Nails story. <laughs> It's it's all about adults, okay? This is an adult band. It's Jimmy Horowitz live theater, the Nine Inch Nails experience. Boom, we're going to Cleveland. Yeah, well, Trent Reznor kicked uh, Marilyn Manson to the curb before everyone else found out how much of a douchebag he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good for him. What did Marilyn Manson got? He got accused of grooming, right? No, he got accused of abusing Rose McGowan, I think. Yes, but I think he also got accused of grooming. I think oh. he's de- I think he's like a generally fucked up guy. Generally fucked up guy, Marilyn Manson. Well, it's funny to and try to cancel him now after like Columbine happening and him being blamed for the Columbine shooting. Like the yeah. It's he probably can handle being called to some, whatever whatever he did, like being into BDSM too much. Yeah, he's going to give a very reasoned response in the next Michael Moore movie about domestic abuse. Uh-huh. That's funny. <laughs> no, that's a bad idea. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> he gives a really reasoned take and everyone's, oh, I like Marilyn Manson oh, again. Oh, he's so smart. Was, he's oh. very, he's much smarter than I was expecting, you know. <laughs> he's so, so well-spoken. Um, <laughs> uh... 
Beautiful people, the beautiful people. It doesn't matter about the size of your steeple. Rhyming people with steeple, lazy. Yeah. Lazy. The I, only thing, it's the only other thing that has eeple in it. Um, you, you need to do a slant rhyme, like, like wheatful. <laughs> or deceitful. Deceitful. The beautiful people, the beautiful people. The very mad and the very deceitful. Yeah, deceitful. The deceitful is the way to go on that song. Yeah, steeple. But people like when it, when have you ever heard a steeple referenced outside of rhyming with people? Never. What do you mean when you say steeple reference? <laughs> like, like whenever someone in media or literature references a steeple, and not and not actually <laughs> talking about a church. Yeah. Uh. I don't know. I think I it's, guess that, uh, it's, it's only when rhyming with faithful. I guess you're future. right. This has proven it. I'm a genius. Yeah. So stop, stop that rhyme, musicians. Is what I'm saying. Stop that rhyme, lyricists. It's lazy. Go with deceitful instead. We've solved this issue. We've solved this lyrics issue. This well, when you lyrics you ever issue. notice how dudes can't like rhyme words with other words these days without being called gay? That was a thing, actually, because that was a very popular tweet um, where someone said uh, diss tracks are just two dudes in different rooms writing poems about each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty gay. Yep. Dudes can't write poetry anymore. Yeah. Uh, I think existence is very gay, though. That's the problem, is that everything is gay to me. Like, once, once you take the gay pill, once you get gay pills, you see gayness in everything. The beautiful rainbow tapestry that weaves its way uh, throughout our entire society. It's like in The Sopranos when uh, fucking Melfi brings up Proust and Tony says, this all sounds very gay. <laughs> and Tony was incisive. But, you know, uh, because she was equating it to Tony's experience with, uh, you know, gabagool and meat and seeing the joy it would bring his mother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nothing, nothing at all gay about a men's only Italians club. Yeah. Nothing, nothing gay about the mafia whatsoever. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, right. You know. Let's do. What if we did a play about the gay mafia? The gay mafia. You mean like David Geffen and Ed Buck? Is Ed Buck the guy who was killing male prostitutes with, by injecting them yeah. with methamphetamine? Yeah, that was that was the guy. Mm. No, I mean like like Italian mafiosos who are also gay and can't come out and are Th sad. That was a Soprano. How, you you didn't see the sixth season oh, of the Sopranos, right. but that was I remember that was in the sixth season of the Sopranos. Vito Spadafore, great character, great great throughline. I People remember said they seeing, didn't appreciate that throughline. He was in the given the blowjob in the car. Yeah, and he was also uh, there's a there's a popular gif of him in a leather bar with uh, his leather daddy uniform on. Yeah, I guess they and already. He's great. They already kind of did that, and there's of course Pacino playing the doing going undercover as the gay guy and cruising, right? Yeah, that's. I, funny. I mean, I would love, I would love a uh, gay Italian. I would love like a Vito Spadafore story, but a full movie about that, where that character is centered as the as the main character. I think that's a. I mean, they did it in The Wire. There's a lot of like gay gangster characters. Not a lot of gay gangster characters, but there are well, there's uh, Omar. some prominent gay gangsters. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was saying. Omar is a very prominent gay gangster. Uh, you it's you can't rob people without being called gay anymore. You can't yeah. you can't be a stick up boy without being That's called funny. gay anymore.
can't do <laughs> you can't do armed robbery these days anymore. It's uh, just part of the gay identity consuming our yeah, entire you know? culture. Yeah, it's called Omaring. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna <laughs> I'm gonna make out with hot twinks who then get murdered and then snitched. Yeah, Omar was a snitch. Let's <laughs> let's put it out there. Wow, that's crazy. You're being crazy. That's, that's my hot take. Is Omar was a snitch. I don't care. He was a gay. It's you can't you can't snitch without being called gay. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, the man. wire. So true. The wire is so true. It's very, it's very true to life. You know, it's very. There's a lot of experiences there were conveyed. I had no idea that there were black people before the wire. <laughs> <laughs> The wire showed me that there were black people. And when I saw that, I was like, this injustice will not stand. <laughs> um, it's the wire. I love the wire. I still love the wire, even though I know how dated it is. Uh, how, what it is? How gay? What, what, how gay it is? It's gay. It, it's gay. Uh -huh. It's you can't watch the wire without yeah. it be called gay anymore. Yeah. Um, I noticed that. Too. There is some queer content in the wire. Nay, Omar, but also Snoop. Snoop is. Do they ever address her lesbian proclivities in the show? Though I'm not sure if they do. But the act. I mean, I mean uh, that everyone's favorite Snoop. You remember Snoop, right? Uh -huh. Did you ever watch the wire? With the nail gun. Yeah, the nail gun. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, nail throwing mayhem. Uh, she, she's great. I love Felicia Snoop Pearson, um, and uh, but she actually was in gangs, and she actually I think did uh, did some bad stuff. So uh, the show did have bona fide claims to uh, its association with the general reality of Baltimore crime. You know, I, 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 you don't be a, you don't be like a beat reporter for that for like 20 years without developing like an actual genuine sense of the city. I mean, it's still heightened and extremely theatrical, but definitely in terms of trying to portray realism on television, an inherently, you know, theatrical and, and hyped up medium, you know, it's, it's closer than anything at that point had ever gotten. I don't think I don't think there's what would you ever describe a TV show as realistic, though? That's a, always a, like a pretty stupid thing to describe a TV show as because it's always heightened just by nature of the medium. It's always heightened. Like, uh, is there any TV show which you would call particularly realistic? Um, there might be. I'd have to think about it. Because uh, like, as we know, reality shows are very much not realistic. Yeah, they're not. They're not um, real. The point is that they're not realistic. So it would have to be. I would say the most realistic show is probably the Larry Sanders show. <laughs> okay. As to like, okay, why is that the what, most realistic? Like, show? what celebrities are actually like? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, just they're they're all assholes, um, yes. and I think that that is a realistic picture of what celebrity culture is like. But in you know, um, so other shows like that that are more, I say, Veep. Veep is pre probably pretty realistic. Yes, you're right. I think I think to uh, in that respect, I think Danny McBride shows as well mm -hmm. tend to have an air of re there are guys like that. Yeah. I mean, it's it is heightened as well. But um, uh, guys like uh, uh, what's the characters named in Eastbound and Down? Uh, Arm like a fucking cannon. Yeah. I don't remember his name. Baseball but even man. Righteous Gemstones, you know, they. They they did that show and then immediately all the Falwell family family 
uh, Fallout happened. The Fallwell Fallout, yeah. as they say. <laughs> yeah. F- Fallwell 76. Uh, <laughs> Fallwell New Vegas. We're going to do a Christian Christian American RPG. There should be. Yeah, Bethesda should do more Christian RPGs. Why aren't there any Christian RPGs? Oh, there probably <clears throat> there probably are. I don't I I don't think we're plugged into the Christian uh, like Christian culture I think has tried to separate from mainstream culture and like put up a wall and just mm. only take take what they want from mainstream culture and then make a make their Christian version of it. But like there's For like, a time that wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, there's all these like bands that are huge that we've never heard of. Like, have you ever heard of DC talk? No, DC talk is is one of the biggest Christian bands and they don't have (laughs) any crossover. Like they kind of refuse to cross over. What are all of their songs about Jesus or do they have songs that are about like just, you know, going down to the hop? I think getting a milkshake with your homie going down to go <laughs> that uh, the hop is an XTC song. It's a great song. Um, I yeah. think no DC talk is is overtly Christian all the time, all the time. Yeah. The, like there's it's all praise him, praise him. We're rocking out. Praise him, you know, but they've Jesus. been a thing since 1989 and they're huge, but only on mm. the Christian rock circuit big circuit lots of christians out there still a popular still a popular religion people like the story it's becoming oh, you're saying yeah. this guy i like i can do terrible things and this guy he died for him oh that's very nice that's a very good thing to do i like this guy jimmy horowitz jesus live theater it's coming back jesus the resurrection you know live theater is coming back just like jesus did <laughs> Lazarus effect. Right. It's going to be, uh, we're, we're going to have, we're going to resurrect everyone from the grave. First lady of the stage, Helen Reddy. Uh, <laughs> first lady of the stage, uh, uh, Sarah, uh, uh, Sarah Bernhardt. Sandra Bernhardt? <laughs> Sandra Sarah Bernhardt. Bernhardt. Yeah. Uh, who are, who are the other first lady of the stage, Charles Grodin. First lady. For, I, that's what I want to be. Eventually I want to be known as a first lady of the stage. Well, get in the theater. Become an actor. Uh, no, I want to do it without having acted. Oh, come on. Do stage stuff. You're a natural. You're right. I'm going to become a theater champion. I love the washed up actor who wants to be in the theater. I love that guy. But... Mm-hmm. Oh, John McAfee. McAfee, yeah. McAfee. McAfee? McAfee. It I, doesn't matter. He know. killed it. They say he epstein himself, but he probably didn't Epstein himself. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I kind of get the feeling that he did kill himself. No, you're right. He did kill, he absolutely did kill himself is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I, I don't doubt that he killed himself. I mean, who because, knows, but it's probably yeah. more that, it's more likely that he would kill himself. Yeah. Because he had a tweet earlier that said, if I, if I don't kill myself, I was, Ep- if, if they say I killed myself, I was Epsteined. They got me. They got the most powerful man in the world, John McAfee. They finally, they finally tamed this old steed. They finally got this old chunk of coal down to the mine, and you know they buried him. They buried him with all the other dissidents, like uh, uh, Pol Pot. Mm. <laughs> you know, they, they, what they feared was Pol Pot's ideas, just like they feared John McAfee's ideas. 
Right, his idea. Uh, I, which which ideas were that though? I mean, he didn't. Uh, whale fucking. Yeah, he was just like have sex with with inanimate objects. <laughs> uh, they you can't have sex with whales anymore without it. It's the only way to not be called gay. Yeah. That's see, that's how he was onto something, you know. Can't uh, except in French where it's like, haha, that chair is a man. You are fucking a man. What other? There was some more news this week. I'm kind of blanking on it. I think. Uh, oh, they announced Windows 11. That's that's great. That's so I love great. Windows. So another Windows. Well, it's very annoying. It's uh, only going to work on like more recent hardware. So if you have an older computer, you're probably not going to be able to run Windows 11. Hmm. And no good. it's uh, it's lame. It's uh, un- unnecessary. They're sort of redesigning it, and they're making it look worse and probably run slower. And, ugh. <laughs> Richard Stallman would have a problem with it. It's like, Windows 11? How dare they besmirch my favorite age for women? <laughs> <laughs> he's not. A, he's not. No, like, you, no, what you're doing I'm right kidding. now is uh, you are making fun of someone with a disability. That's what you're doing. He's uh, disabled, no. and you're making fun of him. What uh, is is he autistic? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Stallman. Well, he's a, sorry. He's, he's a friggin' weirdo, but um, he's necessary for trying to keep at least a little bit of the software free and open. Mm-hmm. And all he all he's done is say objectionable things and be a creep. <laughs> all that he's done is just being creepy. He's just creepy to people. That's yeah, all. I mean that's Bill Gates too. You know, we need our creeps too. He's they less have their creeps. He's less objectionable than Hunter Biden. He's not buying people. We don't know that Hunter Biden is buying people, and we don't know that those weren't you know. The sex workers that are like the high quality ones that choose to be sex workers because they're so damn good at it, you know. <laughs> you, mm, you know that. <laughs> yeah. There's that. There's that class of. There's that class of sex worker, right? You know, the ones that are girl girl boss sex workers. Yeah. Know? No, I That's, think I. That can't just be an invention of like third wave sex, feminism. I'm sure those people. Sex worker. I'm fine with sex workers. I think sex working should be totally legal. But if you, mm-hmm. the patron, you, that's illegal. So they should only arrest the Johns. That's how we had it in, have it in Canada. Yeah. That's, that's the Swedish model, yeah. Yeah, arrest the pervs. <laughs> Get rid of the pervs. Yeah, well, most... Ferret se- out the pervs. Most sex should be illegal, I think. You're right. The government sex really... Is gay. The government should really be, all, like, all up in what you do sexually. Oh. Uh. This, it's weird that people qualify they like they'll say oh we had gay sex because all sex is gay yeah uh, that's in the sopranos too eating pussy super gay that's such a funny part <laughs> how the old guy yeah. doesn't want anyone to know that he's really good at it yeah <laughs> don't tell nobody yeah yeah well yeah because you know you're gonna you're, you're gonna be uh what are the the horrible word that they use fanug you're gonna be called a fanug for so eating so so going down on a lady is gay yeah yeah but i i'm further even further uh how uh, straight sex is gay actually yes it is um because it's you know you're intimate and vulnerable and that's gay yeah you know if you're a real man volsell 
Uh, except you have to be around people while being Volcel. You have to be around other Volcels huh. while being Volcel. It's so it's the only way to be heterosexual. It's so tricky to be straight these days. There's so many little traps and pitfalls trying to trip you up. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like in the back of my mind, everything that I'm doing, like I question it, you know, and I'm self-censoring constantly. Because I'm afraid that it'll be gay. Like, I can't do anything. Like, I'm just, like, trapped <laughs> in my house. I can't go out. I can't stay in. Can't. <sighs> Going outside is gay. Yep. Staying inside is gay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really uh, a it's, crazy thing. It's like it's like the hot lava game. You know, you can't step on certain, certain parts of the sidewalk because they're gay. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I uh, uh, I so it is Pride Month. It's Pride Month, and let's have a frank discussion about gayness. I'm a gay man. Well, I'm a bisexual man, but I've been I'm mostly gay, probably. Uh, probably. How did I come to gayness? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Know Everyone's... thyself. <laughs> uh, to thine own self be true. Fuck you, Polonius. You died. Uh, you died in a closet. So there. Maybe Polonius should have come out and talked about he was he was sucking dicks all the time. I don't know who you're Maybe talking about. In Hamlet, Hamlet, it's Polonius said to thine own self be true. I know that because in the 1995 movie Clueless, Cher owns a a, grad, a smug grad student by saying <laughs> oh, that. Right. No, it was actually Polonius who said to thine own self be true. Because I know the Mel Gibson Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> and then Paul Rudd's impressed with that. And then they have incest. Yep. Which is <laughs> clueless. Is my favorite movie that ends with is like romantic incest. Yeah. Just that dumb yeah. Paul Rudd smile. Yeah. I'm plowing my sister. <laughs> stepsister. Oh. Ex-stepsister. It's fine. They took all the steps necessary to make it not weird. Isn't that what, because um, what's what's Clueless based on? Isn't it based on Emma oh, or something I don't know. like that? I just, it's I based can't. on a Bronte book. There, Emma isn't, is Emma one of the, I thought Emma was a Jane Austen. I don't know anything. Yeah, I don't know anything about those lady it's all, books from, yeah, it's lady from the 19th century. <laughs> the Victorian, not 19th, well, is it 19th? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're I right, you're right, is 19th it? century, 1800s. The 1800s. Victorian yeah. era, I guess. Boring. Jane Austen and the Brontes, you know. You ever notice that men can't read Middle March. Pride and Prejudice anymore without being... <laughs> you ever notice men can't fantasize about sucking Mr. Darcy's dick without being called It's also anymore? tiresome. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't do anything. Just in stasis pods because we're afraid of being called gay. So what, uh, you were going to say something about Pride Month, how you're proud of being born a certain way? I'm not, I'm not. Well, I was, I was ruminating the other day. It's like, for me, it's interesting because I came out when I was 23. That's when I said to my parents, Mom, Dad, I'm gay. <laughs> exactly like they, that. And they, they <laughs> collapsed on the floor weeping. No, uh, I mean, my mom was like, I knew it. And my dad was like, oh, I'm uncomfortable with this now, but I'll accept it within the year. Um, and so that was very much there. I, I mean, so that's the thing with gay pride is like, I have no sense I need to be proud of being gay because it's always been um, something that's never been uh, taken away from me. And I'm also very straight passing. 
So it's like I've never had to face the hardship of, um, you know, uh, people commenting on like me having an effeminate voice or something like that or or having uh, that difficulty. Like my I was bullied in high school, but it wasn't because of that. So <laughs> Yeah, it was because of uh, other things that you were doing. Yeah. Um, but even then, my bullying in high school was very, pretty mild. Um, so I, I don't feel like I've ever faced oppression uh, as a result of being queer, which is why I've never felt any need to be proud of my orientation. Whereas who gay pride is really made for is like someone from a small town where it's like, if you came out, they would, you know, Matthew shepherd you or something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, and I feel like that's, that's who it's really for. And I'm very uh, happy that those people have a celebration like that and they get to be openly gay and, and, it's my duty as somebody that has never gone gone through that to support them uh, and, and show solidarity. But, you know, I, I just uh, the phrase pride and sort of why it rings hollow on top of being uh, corporatized to the nth degree. But, you know, that that's the weird thing. Also, I also I was ruminating on that. You know, people are always commenting on the corporations have the rainbow flags and, and you know, it's just hollow. It's hollow shit. But the thing is, if they didn't have rainbow flags, people would be saying, why don't you have, who, who refuses to wear their ribbon, mm -hmm. you know? So unless you're like an openly homophobic company like Chick-fil-A or something like that, uh, you can't really get away with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I don't, I'm not so upset about the companies with the pride flags. I mean, like. Yeah, what do you want? What, who cares? I buy my, I buy potato chips there. <laughs> okay and now the potato chips um, are gay I, every, as we have discussed literally everything is now gay uh, so the potato chips are gay okay i i don't care it doesn't really matter the only thing that matters yeah. is like your own shit that you're doing when you go home are you just watching the tv are you make or are you gonna make something what like just do whatever you want to do we don't have mm -hmm. to work, you know, we don't have to, we're not slaves being uh, forced to build a pyramid or anything. Just, just chill out. <laughs> well, uh, it's funny you mentioned that because the historiography of the Jews being enslaved in Egypt is actually very disputed. <laughs> it's only <laughs> disputed by people like you who, who self-hating Jews, as it were. Oh, uh, Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, did you know they're very nice to the gays in Israel? <laughs> yeah. They're fine. <laughs> everything's fine. My new thing is that everything is fine except for the people who don't, who they don't want things to be fine. And they're just going around being grumpy. <laughs> You're right. A activists, more like deactivists. Yeah. Why don't you, you know? deactivate? You're just pointing out problems. Why don't you just deactivate your, your life? How about that? It's that old joke, you know, I was perfectly healthy before, but then I went to the doctor and now I have all these health problems. Exactly. What, like, I don't know what you, you go to the doc. That's that happens. You go to the doctor and they tell you, like, all sorts of things are wrong with you. You got to do this test. You got to do that test. Like this happened to my dad. He went to a doctor and the doctor, this German doctor, like from Germany, oh, no. was like, you have to take this test and this test and this test because you're about to die. And my dad was like, that, I don't believe that. And he went to a different doctor in Dallas. He flew all the way to Dallas to go to a different heart doctor. And that guy was like, oh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with you at all. You can ignore all of that shit. 
And this German doctor was uh, just, you know, being just autocratic and totalitarian, as they do. And uh, was wasting my dad's time. So just ignore doctors. Live your life. Everything is fine. <laughs> this is well. Don't ignore the correct one. Well, sure. Yeah, ignore the doctors that tell you something's wrong with you and find a new one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, find one that will give you a second opinion. Um, but I, I sort of think that's true because you know you can consult experts and experts can be right in any in any field. You know, especially if it's something that you don't know about, have no knowledge about, you have no way to verify if what they're saying is true or not. To some degree, you have to just go on instinct of, you know, what do I think is better for me? Uh, and can I get anyone that will tell me that this is better for me? You know, that's part of our epistemological crisis, right, is that people's instinct is to go towards the news sources that tell them they don't have to do anything, right? Or... I don't know. I mean, that's different for me because I like I go to news sources that tell me that I have to do something, that the status quo is not OK and that I have to organize. And then I don't do it because I'm like, I've read the news mm -hmm. and that's enough. <laughs> um, I, I, and I wouldn't ascribe that behavior to most, you know, leftist people. I ascribe it to like I understand that I'm lazy. I'm trying to work on it, but I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm not Joe organizing. You know, I'm not I'm not Henry I'm not Henry go out to the pool. Henry Pokemon go to the polls. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a sedentary by nature. And, um, uh, I expect that of, <laughs> of a lot of people as well. Uh, so I speak, I speak for the lazy caucus who will speak for the lazy man. Yeah. I speak for the, everything is fine. Caucus. Things are getting better. Everything's That's, on the upswing. Yeah, you don't have to worry so much. It's a different show now. Yeah. Yeah, this the is Pinker this is House of uh, Recline. You know, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the name of the episode. Is House of Recline. I like Eleanor Tugby. We can Eleanor Tugby can, is good. We can it? tug it out later. We can tug it out. We can tug it out. <laughs> <laughs> mm, try to see it my way. Try to tuck a dick inside your ass, and it's all right. <laughs> We can tug it out. Yeah. yeah. Tugging it out. Uh, so, uh, yeah, get on my yacht, the tugboat. Mm. <laughs> it's just a, just a, it's powered by handy J's. The steering, the steering wheel the, uh, is actually a circle jerk. You have to rotate the circle jerk. It's there on a lazy Susan. Oh. Who will speak for the lazy Susans? Lazy Susan. Is lazy Susan a term that we shouldn't use? Is it, is it an ableist term? I, think is what you're <laughs> I don't... Something about Lazy Susan really rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, it's anti-worker. It's anti-something. I don't know who Susan was, but I'm assuming <laughs> that it was like... My worst case scenario is that Lazy Susan was like a slave that they were like can't do anything except for <laughs> except for hold the salt shakers and turn her around or something. And then like Lazy Susan's actually like a horrible racist sexist term. Uh, I'm sure it must be. It's it must be <laughs> the etymology of every idiom in the English language is from something terrible. Yeah. Um, even apocryphally, like there was that there's that myth that rule of thumb comes from like beating somebody with a stick that's the size of your thumb. Right. I don't think, that, but I think that's not actually true. I think that was debunked. 
when it was debunked. But um, I the ho- a horrible uh, hooligan is an anti-Irish sentiment. Really? Those hooligans. Yeah, hooligan comes from anti-Irish uh, sentiment. Yeah, there's also, there's a lot of normalized anti-Italian stuff that's really a shame. <laughs> Are you being serious? I can't tell if you're being serious. Yeah, you don't think Italian racism? I mean, like, they were in New Jersey recently they uh they were trying to get rid of columbus day and and and, and new, <laughs> this new jersey school they got rid of uh columbus day they weren't going to call it columbus day anymore they were going to call it indigenous people's day but then all the yeah. italians in new jersey flipped out at them and so the school this... the school district was like all right well we're, how about this how about this italians we're not gonna have we're not gonna name any holidays every holiday is just called day off now there won't be no one can have anything you've ruined it and then ever and then of course there was a backlash from everyone because who, yes <laughs> who wants the school to take away the names of every holiday so yeah because oh, the names of holidays are gay so they had to get rid of so it. then the school said okay instead of calling it columbus day we're gonna call it Italian American slash Indigenous Peoples Day. Are you happy now? (laughs) (laughs) And then everyone was like, yay, the Italians get a day. (laughs) (laughs) That's very funny. I mean, that's in that's the that's the fucking Sopranos episode. There's a Sopranos episode yeah. about that, and they comment on Iron Eyes Cody, who was an Italian man who posed as an indigenous man for years, and he's the guy that uh, he's he's the crying uh, he's the crying indigenous guy uh, when the garbage goes across the road, and he's like, "What did we do to this earth?" I'm not gonna do an indigenous voice. I'm just gonna do a Jew voice. Yeah. That's... Oh, we're the Indians. We're the Cherokee that's over funny. here. It's the go-to voice. <laughs> You're getting rid of the land. It's Jimmy Horowitz. Oh <laughs> no! They're getting rid of the land. Uh, how about? Get, oh no! So how about Eric Adams saying he's going to retire to live in Israel? <laughs> Eric Adams is so fucking cool. <laughs> he is a legitimate psychopath, and I am here for yeah. it. He is. One of the weirdest guys, like, we were underestimating, like, oh, because everyone was paying attention to Yang, but it turns out we were missing the true story, which is Eric Adams is an incredibly weird guy. <laughs> yeah. He's like, my favorite, favorite. my favorite concerts where uh, a bunch of, like, I like the one where, the Las Vegas one, where everyone got shot. Uh, <laughs> I like the one. Jason Aldean, can't beat Aldean. I like the one, I like that one concert in France with Eagles of Death Metal where everyone got shot. I like that one. Uh, another one I went to was the one where Curtis Mayfield exploded. I like that one. Um, <laughs> I like the one where Michael Jackson's hair caught on fire and is horribly burned what other favorite concerts yeah. uh oh the I one- liked Altamont's, you know the, yes. one, the one where the that uh, was my favorite <laughs> yeah. where uh, the the hell's angels killed that guy <laughs> that was a good concert yeah uh there was a great concert well uh, lee morgan i think his wife shot him on stage that was awesome that was cool yeah i, re- I really liked it uh when the comedian uh, uh tommy uh, what's his tommy robinson died on stage died of a heart attack right on stage mm-hmm. that was a great show <laughs> what a weirdo what a weird freak yeah eric adams he's gonna be he's a... also just got mm-hmm. well because he's not a blank he actually has a personality 
He's not, and but it's it's crazy guy. It's unhinged, total weirdo. Like, did you see those photos from inside his like Brooklyn knot house? Right. Yeah. Where is <laughs> he's got like Air Jordans that are that he, obviously he does not wear, and a bunch of like pizza and and barbecue wings and shit when he's a vegan. Yeah. <laughs> But I imagine that that is like a property he probably owns, yeah. but is, he basically uses it as a storage oh, property. Oh, no, that's his son but, lives there. Okay, yeah. there you go. And so <laughs> so we got a glimpse into, you know, because, you know, sometimes when you go over to a friend's house and you see what their family hoards, because every family hoards something, you know, every family has something that they're weird about, whether it's like Life magazine or like a board games or some weird shit like that. So you got a brief glimpse into Eric Adams' family hoard, and it's like a bunch of weird art and strange trinkets, and it really gave you... And it's like a glimpse inside their subconscious, the same way that, you know, the basement metaphorically in a house is, you know, the the, the window into somebody's subconscious. Uh, you really saw Eric Adams there, especially with his sort of... His long face uh, just f seeming totally confused as he was in this strange basement. I love him. Top marks. He's going to be a great, terrible mayor in the history of New York terrible mayors. Well, yeah, and it's interesting that, you know, the rank choice was thought of as being like this way to properly get, you know, this is the right way to do voting now is with the rank choice. But you still end up with the centrist guy. I mean, yeah, you know, that's how but, it is. I mean, it's a centrist guy with only 31 percent, though, which is... Well, More. that's only that's only the first. I don't know how they're ta tallying it. I, yeah. I'm guessing he he got he was 31 percent of the number one choices. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, in a field of like five uh, major candidates, that's a very good showing. Uh, although I'm sure his people were banking for more. Because uh, he sort of he became the favorite after Yang crapped. Man, Yang crapped out so fucking bad. Yep. That's fucking crazy how bad he was. He was he didn't have to say anything. He shouldn't have just said anything about Israel. He didn't have to make a comment. And then <laughs> mm, he kind of did. I guess he did. His donors, his donors were huge. Is like the, uh, is that he did very well with Orthodox Jews. You, do you think that's what made? I don't know. I'm not so sure that's what made his. I think it was a series of things. I also mm. think people realized he didn't like know anything about being a mayor. Yeah, uh, I think that was maybe the main reason. <laughs> that's that's one of it. But it was really like it was after he took that terrible position on Israel where he was basically like, I'm not pro-Israel. I'm not not pro-Israel, hmm. which was basically a statement. Uh, and people confronted him on it and he gave mealy mouthed evasive responses. And uh, it really did him in because it showed that he can't just be a neutral cipher. Because that's what his plan was. Like, I'm Yang. I am a very generic man. I'm like the character you get at the beginning of the character select screen. I'm that for Asian people. Uh, vote for me. You know, I'm the most neutral man in existence. And once he took a position on Israel, he evaded that. He evaded the redditification of, uh, of politics. Because it turns out Reddit was actually pro-Palestine. Israel, I can't tell, dude. Reddit, I don't read Reddit comments anymore because everyone on there is, oh. This time around with the Sheikh Jarrah, I think that's what was, if you want to, you know, know the way the wind blows, looking at the Reddit front page is pretty good. 
um, in terms of like the the uh, general feeling in society, those nerds have prophetic powers. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, this time around with Sheikh Jarrah, Reddit was largely on Palestine's side. It was uh, it was, and that's why people seem more positive about the future of Palestine, just because. Um, Israeli media Hasbara isn't really working anymore. You you can't really people see how one sided the conflict is. It's just very evident based on footage and reporting, and there's just too much of it to be deep faked at this point. Well, they got you got to be careful because if Reddit is pro Palestine, there's really anti anything Reddit sentiment going around. So you're right. Reddit is. Gay. <laughs> you ever hate how you can't be pro Palestine because it's gay? dude. Everyone hates Reddit, and I agree. I'm I'm happy that everyone is anti Reddit. Everyone hates Reddit because they um, are a huge driver of cultural uh, domination on the internet. They keep growing. They keep growing somehow. Yeah. Well, Facebook technically. And I left, but you left Reddit. Wow, I still go on. I mean, I, I don't go on Reddit. I, I really highly curated my the Reddits that I see, so I own like it's. I don't see anything inflammatory. I mean, that's. I mean, that is that is the pitch of Reddit. Well, that's that the pitch of it. I mean, that's your the pitch of Twitter too. You know, and basically, well, Twitter, but invades your timeline with shit you don't want. Yeah, like that's what Twitter. Twitter will do that. Reddit, you can do it so that you won't get shit. I mean, I'm always want. fighting that though. I'm always fighting the invasion of content I don't want to see. Like it's all them always seeing like I don't want any news or current events on Twitter. I do not want to. I want to see jokes and funny memes and like content that is not about politics or current events or news. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to see that. I do not. I want to occasionally check the news on the newspaper website and sort of get a vague idea of what's going on. I do not want to know up to date about whatever transgression ex-celebrity has just committed i do not care if i do not care if seth rogan has done a tweet that has made some dumb person upset i don't care if seth rogan has made a fucking vase i mean i should just block seth rogan (laughs) maybe you seem really (laughs) fixated on seth rogan (laughs) they're always pushing in the pushing is Stupid face and his um, weed smokes weed like just smoke weed, bro. <laughs> just smoke weed, bro. I'm Seth Rogen. I'm a guy that you can hang out. I don't tell jokes, but I feel like I'm I'm vaguely lovable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Seth Rogen did a pro Palestine, but he's distanced himself from James Franco. Good move, Rogen. Good move. Well, uh, people don't like rapey guys. No I more. feel like Franco's. Remember when people liked rapey guys? <laughs> it's sad. People don't like rapey guys no more. <laughs> uh, is Franco on the blacklist or is he going to be? I don't cast? know if he's on the blacklist. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I remember him being is in The Disaster Artist. And that movie was funny. It was OK. Didn't see uh, it. I don't watch movies. Nah, me neither. I don't have movie mindset anymore. No. I only watch TV that I've seen before while I'm drawing my car, too. Yeah, I only watch TV while I'm driving. That's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Yes. Uh, well, I think we can say, uh, is our friendship gay, Stephen? Um, Would you say our friendship is gay? Yeah, sure. Why not? I don't have a problem yeah, with gay. it. I'm fine with it. You're... You, We're queering everything. You try the to problem make is, try to make me gay. I'll, I'll, you try. You just watch what happens. I know, one thing 
No. Uh, one thing, I don't like sex. Can you be gay and not like sex? Because that's, that's me. I'm a Hikiko boy. Um, it, yeah, you can, you can do whatever you want, and there's already a word for it, and it's already a part of an annoying subculture that will make you wish that no one ever sure. existed at all. I identify as demisexual now. That means I'm only attracted to Demi Moore and Demi Moore impersonators. <laughs> uh, uh, big bolt-ons. That's, uh, I'm, I'm a big bolt-on sexual. I'm only attracted to big fake ones. Uh, just big <laughs> bolt-ons. Big, I'm a uh, big bolt-on. They're traditionally called strap-ons, but <laughs> you got the bolt-ons. No. <laughs> I like the idea of you securing it into your with hips. Bolts. With bolts. <laughs> Yeah, uh, really intense. That would be. I'm funny. sure that exists somewhere. That would be a funny thing. Well, uh, I should. You could probably install like titanium. You I, well, when you get a hip replacement, you get titanium rods installed like in your femur. You could probably get one with a bolt, like a you know what's it called, the hole for a bolt to be screwed in, and then you could <laughs> bolt mm-hmm. on your strap on. <laughs> right. Let's do bolt it. it on. Yeah. Or, or it snaps in, you know, with little magnetic clicks. <laughs> mm, yeah, magnets. Magnets in your body. Magnets. That's um, Oh, yeah. we never addressed the last thing we have time for today is that, um, that very funny video of the lady. I think it was the Michigan House. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Claiming that the vaccine had made her magnetic. And right. there was, a, <laughs> she was like, how do you explain this? And she was like trying to stick her keys to her neck and it kept falling off. She's like, well, how do you explain this? And it just falls off. <laughs> uh, good stuff. People, people believe. Yeah. Well. Um, we, we have killed God and replaced him with magnets. Yep. <laughs> Isn't that what's the, is it the insane clown posse thinks is happening? how do they work (laughs) oh man well everyone have a great week we'll talk to you next week Uh, this has been your weekly installment of House of Decline happy pride everybody it's gay not to feel great wait no